Hello, guys. Welcome to another episode of the Honor About Nothing podcast. Yes, I'm sure you guys have must be wondering. You guys have so many shows. Like on Thursdays, on Fridays, you post one. On Mondays, there's one again. On Sundays, yeah, we have as much content. And trust me, if we, if we could produce and generate content every day, we'd do that. And we're grateful for the lovely team of analysts and commentators we have from LMJ down to the professor himself, Bolish and Kunle. I know that our listeners really appreciate the effort you guys put in. At least I know I do. And they also appreciate it. So, one way or the other, on their behalf, I can only say thank you. Um, It's another Thursday night. It's a cold Thursday night. I think the best way to start this drama, Bullish, is with My United and LMJ, their drama. Like, because now, eh, I don't know. Every season is always the issue of, oh, God, My United will be better this year. Now they have this new team. They have something that is fresh. They say new sporting director, you know, coach to today, blah, blah, blah. And then once the season starts again, you just figure out that mm, new season, same old, same old, my United. There's really nothing they can't do anymore. Now, a lot of people have felt like, oh, the Glazers have spent money, the Glazers have spent money. Why are the fans always complaining about the Glazers? But the way I see it's bullish is that the Glazers don't have ambition. They just like just fine as long as my United continues to generate money for them, they are good. I'm beginning to think that if the Glazers don't sell, I don't see a future for that club. So I there was a statement I made, and you know, I I I am also tying to what you said earlier, you know, we'll do better because I think if, if I if I push that statement more, I think we'll probably do more. And that statement I made on our transfer show pod, let me just borrow with people in on this place, is that I am 85 to 90%, not 100%, 85 to 90% sure that some of the misinformation around the dealings with Barcelona, the transfer business with Frankie de Jong was sponsored by the Glazers because they were able to successfully divert the attention of uh, United supporters for the larger part of the transfer window. Because if you remember, heading into the summer, there was real agitation about uh the glazers yeah and that's why yeah. one of the first things they did was they quickly went to go and sign Tenyang. they they pursued Ragnik, make it seem like oh we are brought in the manager that everyone thinks is the best we are now trying to you know turn a new leaf so mm-hmm. there was this uh air of oh okay let's go into the summer sign because we have the new manager now let's sign the players we are we want and stuff like that but all of a sudden they got stuck on the young and where you know that they are not serious is that there are other teams that want to sign the young, a la Chelsea. That didn't stop them from signing Sterling, signing Koulibaly, signing Fafan, this uh, Fofan. You, you, you could see that even though they are still in the, the young you know, discussion, they are doing other business to continue to bolster their squad. But United, for some reason, they, are, they have like 10 centre-backs. <laughs> and they, they, just, they just kept telling them the team as if the young is the only need. They don't have a proper nine in their squad. They don't have a pro, they don't have an outstanding right back. So when you, when you, I feel like you know some of the uh, extra sensational reportage that you know United fans saw that they started you know they placed their focus and their attention on a team that assigned Lewandowski, Rafinha, Kunde. Uh, Dembele and on and on and on. Is there a place that focus on their team? It see, it is clear. There are some times that you just know that this management will not be able to do what United fans need. It is not even rice and beans. It is clear they are more con- and apart from the fact that they are more concerned about um, making money, 
this is not their priority thing. This is not their priority yes, project. If it's their priority project, even though they want to make money, there will still be a difference in how they approach it. So they are just doing it in terms of, oh, before it was Woodward, anything to buy she just do it. Go so, be making money and let us know what's going on. Just be giving us updates. And the, when you have a situation like that, it's going to be hard. And to get them to sell, United fans probably need to boycott, boycott maybe 10 games in a row. They cannot just boycott one game. That one cannot affect them. Yeah, of course, of course. It's so work. it is clear that these guys are, continue, are going to continue to behave like this because it will be difficult for United fans to put their feet down and actually protest the way they should to get the result they want. Luckily for clubs like Barcelona, because I have to rub it in, because uh, Eleven has been on our case. Also. <laughs> we have a democratic process, and we can go out. And even the new law that La- Laporta has been trying to pass will allow the next election, even me, even though I, I don't step in Camp Nou, I'll be able to vote with my class ID are. from wherever I am. So I have my say in who becomes our next president. And then we can raise a, a vote of no confidence. Because you need to remember, Bartomeu's time was, tenure was not ended. There was a yeah, vote of no, yeah. no confidence that this guy, let's quickly pursue you. Finally, before you my fans cannot do that. So that is the difference. So yeah, let me just before I even go to the LMG at all. Like Bullish mentioned something earlier that like the transfer strategy has been alpha-side. I don't even think it's a strategy. It's just a, like a scattergun approach of, well, let's just pick something. Because I don't know how you go from, um, we want to sign the right players, and Frankie De Jong is the right player for what we are trying to do, to, oh, we'll sign Anatovic and um, Adrian Rabiot. And I'm sure, because Juventus at some point, we were wondering, oh, oh my God, Rabiot, we need to find you, we need you to leave. Even if you terminate your contract, blah, blah, blah. Next thing you know, they receive a phone call from my United, and they're like, we'll pay 70 million euros. And so I was like, are you serious? Oh, wow, 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 you can't have it. So, yeah, yeah, like, if only my United had the transfer expert or someone that is good at doing this. But yes, they did. They had Dragnet for six months and they told us that was supposed to be a consultant for two years, help smoothing things and do all these things. And the minute they started saying the truth that United need 10 to 12 players, ah, only we all know how that ended. Yeah. And, like, and um, it's what better with Anatovich and stuff, because First of all, if you if your parents are okay, you want a younger striker who can move your ball because you don't want that seven year old now, why are you going for a thirty three year old and out of And <laughs> if an out of it is your if an out of it is your is your option, you want Bologna said eight million. Suddenly say you are not doing again. Like ah, maybe you said you want to buy it's already eight million. Like, it doesn't make any form of sense. And again, I said. It, that United don't want a proper manager to make hard decisions. They want the puppets. As well as well, at the beginning of me, when they were making this promise to say, I don't worry to send him, but I'm a Mazrao. I will very briefly Okay. Okay. Mazrao basically worked back. The one that they all have seen up on. Ragmi has been telling the truth over as well as. Dress room is disruptive. The hierarchy is not working. I beg you, no one to get this one. This one, like, we don't need you here again. They basically need the yes man. Like, the Glazers need the yes man. And as I said, nothing will, nothing will change if the Glazers don't move. Because someone pointed that 
this kind of thing. My twenty four days will be late. He's talking about the same thing. A one and four year old fag will be in the dressing room. Well, uh, maybe McTominay will be coach and they'll be like this. Need the defensive midfielder because for the past six years they've needed defensive midfielder. Like aside from the first season with Matic, they've needed. They've had the same problem. When Gita has been moving, I don't know why. Let's continue to. And it's showed against Brighton because and it is that you. It was past that three weeks or now they play Liverpool. The transfer window will be closed. I think they lose six one and they lose. Hey, hey, there's no solution again. There's no as that. Um, let me not even take into the man who is more who is more concerned with whatever it is that is going on. Because, right when this preseason came around and it was a lot of positivity with my United regarding those preseason games, beat Liverpool, beat Crystal Palace, beat a few teams in Australia. Like there was a style of play, there was an identity, and it felt like okay. And they had kept saying stuff about oh, you know what, um, we're trying to. By bringing the right players, if you don't fit into what we're doing, it won't bring you in. And I'm wondering, okay, we can see with the young players. If by United have decided, like, okay, let's stick with the young players and see what we can do with these young players, it would be a different thing. But now, I don't know how you go to your fans and say, oh, we spent the last 12 weeks trying to sign uh, Frankie De Young. It did not work. He's probably going to stay at Barcelona or go to Chelsea. But this is a general bill. It's similar to it. They have their style normally move when they are running with the ball. Whether that one is running into throwing, you know, or is running into corner, it's a midfielder. I will have tried our best. Move on. Because now, I don't even know what the solution is for my United. Hello? 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 I, 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 the irony is I can hear you guys. So. The irony is I can hear you guys. Can you hear me? Okay. Okay. The, the obvious solution is something that almost everybody has, at one point or the other, mentioned. is the fact that there is no good um, leadership or management in United. I have it on solid and reliable grounds that before um, Eric Ten Hag joined, that when he joined and he asked for a scouting list, nobody could tender a scouting list that, okay, these are players that we are watching that would likely improve the team. Nobody. Like, there was... So, before, you go on, before you go on, let me just buttress that point. When Ragnar came in January of December, in January, he asked the scouting department for a report on Christopher Nkuku. Nkuku was second top scorer in Bundesliga. And there were reports that he didn't know he was. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, like, like... Like, 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 when you hear stuff like that, like, even we that we are not, we are not, um, we are not high ranked managers or scouts, we are just football lovers. We are not, we can't even call, we can't even say we are professional pundits yet. So you get, we know the pressing need of that team, but we have a scouting network in one of the biggest teams in the world that has not scouted any player whatsoever that can improve the team. Just it is just I, I don't even know the adjective to use. Sure, you get, and it, it, it is it is quite alarming that the Glazers and whosoever puppets they use, they are so good in 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 cajoling people, in buy, buying the fans over in less maybe with a good result or with just a simple move. Sure, you get. So I feel until the Glazers leave. Or if they finally decide that okay, other than our our United States teams, maybe we can actually make something out of United. Until then, I don't think I, there will be any reasonable improvement in United because 
from top to bottom, Abiyawuna president Titi Toka, there yeah, is nothing from there's nothing good that is coming out from that team. Now, I don't know, maybe in the future, maybe things will change. So until they get their acts together and they do what they are supposed to do. You you hear teams like Man City, Liverpool, they would complete their signing before it even gets to the media. But because this team is not ready and willing to buy anybody, they would rather just leak it to the media and say, you know what? I think we are linked with Anatovich. So carry the news. Let's let people know that we are at our first we know we are trying something now. I shall try. Oh, but why I'll try, I'll try. You are Anatovich guy is even very unbearable. This is one that has been accused of racism. He's 33, he's playing for Bologna and oh their problems are deep. But um, it's it's weird when it was uh, when they came, they said there is a problem with a fractured dressing room. There's no discipline. Then you know what's going to bring Rabbi and Anatovich in the dressing room. Anatovich, you have to say, you have to say, you have to say, I know that they have a lot of problems and stuff, but sometimes I just feel like the entire football world might be very unfair with David De Gea, including the Spanish national team coach too. Like all this, yeah, he's not very good with the ball in his feet. He doesn't command this area. I know he's a, we know he's a very good shot stopper, and shouldn't shouldn't that at least count for something? Yeah, it should, but I don't think they are being far off of this so especially for the plan they had at United and Spain with Enrique wants to have because. If you want to be, if you want to dominate the ball, you need to build up. And if you want to beat press, like when teams press, you need for a way you need your goalkeeper to be an instrument of build up or like he's an extra defender. Um City have it with Ederson, Liverpool have it with team. And when you are built up on the back, how many teams press you? He give it to your goalkeeper if he's good with his feet, if he can distribute, that will work for him. Now you can also play a higher line. And you don't need to have to worry about your defenders being very quick. The year does not have those qualities yet. At least he doesn't have them yet. And another issue is that his short stopping has, the rate of his short stopping has gone down. So you can't really use that capacity anymore. So to, to an extent, I see I see the points they are making that oh yes, maybe to an extent the year the year has become obsolete for me, especially for the style United want to play. Again, he's still a good goalkeeper. And Again, the defense and the mission are not helping in any manner. But the point, but the point is there. Like, I've said it before, that for for a bunch of owners that can't even buy a midfielder, all the best trying to buy a new keeper for sixty million. Um, <laughs> but before we move into like the guy, man of sixty million, let's take a look, take a look, book. Well, before, before we, we don't even know that legal season starts this weekend. Before we dive into it, um, I saw in news before we came on air that PSG are serious about Marcus Rashford, Bolish, and I'm wondering. Yeah, no offense to Rashford, but over the last two years, is that they don't have scouts? Like, they don't see him play? Like, what exactly? I know that, yeah, he has struggled over the last two years, and obviously the English media would always defend English players, talking about, oh, he needs a new coach, he needs a new preseason, he needs a new holiday, he needs a new girlfriend, is this, blah, blah, blah. But at best, he's average, like, he's decent. Why do you want to fit him in with Mbappe, Neymar, and Messi? I think... There are some skill sets that he has that, you know, maybe they have seen that with a little or more tweaking and where there's no, when the pressure on him is not as much, 
they can get probably the better out of him compared to where he's the way he plays now. You can so there are two there are two reasons why any almost everybody in that squad, for example, you can't you can't you can't even be able to say that you have gotten 30 or 40 percent out of them in terms of maybe this is their true potential or their full potential. Because when you have a dressing room, where you have a squad, where you have a style of play that is uh, disjointed, everyone in it will look disjointed. It will look like everyone in it now will true. Everyone in it will be. But when you have a, a, a play a, a style where there is um there's a system in place, there's a way that you, you just need to slot in different parts to make it move. Everyone looks like a star in it. Point in case, I'll give you a point in case. If you go to basketball, for example, I just want to use the example. When you bring anybody to Golden State, you will see some people that you know. For example, last last year, Gary Payton Jr. that was that they were rejected. You know, moved from squad to squad. He got to Golden State and it looked like ah, how come this guy did not get a job all these years in the league? Uh-huh. The same thing like that. To the system because there's a style, there's a way you want to play. There's already an identity, so you are just you are giving direct instructions to some players. It helps them. So the the, 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 the things they need to do, the things they need to change going forward. Because there's something I always see. If Marcus Rashford played under Guardiola, he would he return on investment on his um, talent would be different because you get express instructions that will allow him grow, improve him, and then. Uh, Guadalla allows his forwards to make mistakes. You know, you can miss chances because you know that you create. So, since your environment like that can actually bring better out of him. So, I think that's what they're looking at. He has some things you cannot teach. For example, he has speed. But they already have an attack of, unless they are selling Neymar, which is going to be very difficult. I don't see where you put him on the bench. But I think, I think uh, this new PSG coach is looking at it this way. What was the, one of the main problems? It's been long we've seen Neymar play uh, February. March April games, yeah, except for the season they got to the final of the Champions League. Oh, no, sorry, that season it was because of COVID. That it was you know, COVID, yeah. The yeah season season <laughs> so, in the last maybe five years or so, Neymar by February, March, you know, he, he's not he's going to love Brazil, Lodge Party, etc. So, maybe <laughs> manager is looking at it that he has, you know, a manager that does his own work will look at okay, what can I do? What can I get? And I think Rashford going to PSG with the front line of Neymar, Mbappe, Messi, obviously, obviously knows that you probably have to come off the bench. I don't think Rashford will go. I don't think the contract will be signed. But if, if for on PSG's side, if the if the money is not too much, because obviously he has just one year left on the deal, and then it's not it's not a bad um, deal for PSG to make. But I don't I don't think he will be starting in PSG. I don't know whose background is I can hear so much, but I feel like I'm hearing something. Somebody's a bunch of people talking or so. Anyway, um LMJ, I know that at this point in time you probably don't care whether Rashford goes or stays. <laughs> I think I, I think for me, I I think for me, Rashford is just uh I would not say he's a bad player, but he's an average player. And I think it gets it gets uh, it gets above the normal um, praise lady gets for whatever performance it does or puts up on the pitch. Now going to PSG in, in itself is not a bad thing, in the sense that one more player that can push the ball around, maybe a less a less fanciful 
Uh, what is the name of this Newcastle boy? Saint Maxima. Less passive, less less skillful Saint Maxima. So, I, but I feel on like when it comes to uh, improving the team, I really don't see him improving that team. But it would be a good move for him because it would be a breath of fresh air. He would have a different experience and a second chance at proving himself. Because I feel other than his revelation season when he came in against uh there was a Vangal episode like that yeah, against Arsenal, he scored two goals. I think he scored two goals against Michelin in the Europa League. That season, which was not even a full season, I don't think he has really proved himself to be yeah, an out and out either inside forward. I because even till now you can't peg him to say this is what he is. Is he a left winger? Is he an inside forward? Is it is he a proper winger? Like he has not been able to peg down a position. So there's even a there's even a on Twitter that had about 80 percent of my United fans voting for the club to sell him. We see how that goes. Um Polish, I was talking about the return of La Liga. Obviously, Real Madrid are champions, they've won the UEFA Super Cup, Modric Casemiro and um Cruz are still in midfield. Benzema is scoring goals for fun. The initials is improving. And you're wondering, okay, this is going to be an interesting La Liga race between because Barcelona, well, at some point, you expect them to register the players. I know you're a Barcelona fan, looking at my Barcelona angle that, okay, this year we can actually win. But can you guys actually win this year? Is this still Madrid's title to lose? So, there are two questions there. Is it Madrid's title to lose? Yes, because they are defending champions and they, they are. Um, improve their squad. So it would be delusional to think that they drop off because they bought, they brought in Shumani, they still have Vinicius, you know, coming to his stride. They have Benzema and all the likes of their squad. So yes, they, they are favourites. But I think with the squad additions that we have, uh, we have just there was there were some express concerns that we had last year that we have addressed. You know, when you have the county and uh, Araujo centre back pairing, possible centre back pairing, you have Lewandowski up front, you have Dembele Rafia on the wings that can you know create chances, and Dembele looks like he has found his uh, shooting boots, and then you, the midfield is empty as always. So. We have the squad to compete, and I think it's put out to the wire. Probably put down to maybe the last three games before the winner. But it will be, it will be fully to So Charlie Woods, absolutely. So you probably expect the title race that is going to go down to the wire between the both of them because I don't see Atletico exactly. Madrid with all their debt issues and they have to sell off players and what have you. Even if they bring in Sik again game for my United, I feel like Atletico Madrid are still very, very but you know, sometimes like this when everyone uh, you know, you know, it's when I think it's Simeone is this kind of period when everyone has looking look doesn't count them in. That's when Simone is uh is shown. Sleep used to rise. So on the normal day, when he signs like 10 players, everybody's expecting, ah, no, this has a so far, blah, blah, blah. That's when they fought out to So I think you can't rule out Simeone, obviously. They, they, they have their style of play, they have to win the play, they know how to play those games, you know, how to win, how to pick up those 1 0 wins, five teams in a row. It's something they are good at doing. So you can't write us Simeone. Yeah. I think they, they'll, they'll be a bit. A bit, a bit more consistent this is that way last year. They had a lot of injuries last year. Same thing with Barcelona too. We had party and party injury, injury. So, but this year, 
Luckily for us, only Pedri, for example, goes to have like quality placement that can come in and then help us. Um, before we proceed, I don't know where this noise is coming from. Like somebody's radio is on. Like as in, I don't want to believe it's this people's server. Uh, I can't. I can't hear. I can't hear any static noise. Yeah, it just I, I started me. again. Hello, hello, hello. Well, yeah, I can hear. Yeah, I can hear the noise. Exactly. Abi, Abi, the person I find knows that is making noise. Let me just find out why it's here. We call for only ten minutes, man. Go. Oh God, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm. Ah, please, we don't need to go into details of where you are, where you are not playing. So please, let's be guided. Let's be very guided. Um. Kule, the Tanzania returns this week as well as like the Spanish league does. Um, last year Inter obviously pushed Milan all the way until the end of the season. You were like, okay, they did well. Like with the, they should probably go for that step this year. But they failed to improve on their squad. Milan are trying to obviously build a young squad and see how it goes, and they've done better business. Juventus have added Pogba. They probably lose Rabiot. They probably wouldn't miss. They have brought Sinclair and Prema, one of the best defenders in. Um, Sierra last year, yes, they lost the ballad. They're looking for a striker, they're trying to get Memphis from Barcelona and stuff like that. But everything is pointing to the fact that Juventus might just retain their crown, might, might just collect their crown again this time around. Yeah, I'm not sure about um, Juventus um, regaining their title because again, a lot, I think a lot of things still rest on the kind of money that they have because last year Allegri came in with the whole oh yes I'm a flexible manager I don't make any tactical changes and they spent the entire season um, looking for what will work and this uh, this year they've not like they should I think they should have gone for a review they didn't they've tried to look for short bets like short term results and something that was not before Pogba Di Maria and the, uh, the biggest problem is that Vlaovic joined in January and since then they've been so reliant on him like everything goes to Vlaovic and to an extent they're hampering his play so, and it also they also they are squad depth in defense is not as good they're not as creative up front if Keza gets injured again they're in big trouble so if I have to pick a favorite I'll probably say Inter because they've not um, bolstered the squad as much as one we expect, but they've got him back to cap. And from last, as for this is yet last last season pieces before he, before he moves back to Chelsea, um, the discussion they have with Simon is like, yeah, now Simon is looking forward to work with him. I think there's something to expect there, and the fact that a lot of these the players, the person that was that were there when Lukaku was there, they are still there now. Like when Lukaku was there the first time, they are still there now. So that is an interesting thing to watch. And of I think, and of course, a dark horse to look look out is Mourinho and, and, yes, and Roma because the, the way the signing they made this season very good. Like a new right back, Tekicelli, the protein Vinaldom, protein Dybala, they might even bring in Andrea Bellotti as well. The only thing is that is Mourinho by November, might have all gone wrong. The Iman, maybe the Iman, the Bala would have fought to turn to Russia, something like that. That's, I think that's the only potential problem, like a dressing room issue. So it can either go really wrong or really right. And I feel like there's a window of opportunity for Roma because the top, the other places are quite unstable. 
especially uh, like you mentioned, I don't really fancy you to that one. I actually think they might they should be okay if they finish fourth. Wow. Um, away from all football-related stuff, or soccer, like our people in the US call it, um, LMJ, over in Formula 1, I think it was a few weeks back when we were debating who replaces um, Vettel and um, Aston Martin. And a few days later, next thing you know, boom, Alonso has jumped people from Alpinda. Okay, he will be, I'm off to Aston Martin. Then the greatest drama happened. Ricardo. Exactly. Then the greatest drama then Alpine announced that a certain young driver was going to drive for them. And the driver came out and said, you say with him. You are who? I did not agree that I was going to drive for anybody. Please, please, please. Let's, let's be guided. God, the echo is was. really... Hello? The echo is really... Is really let, let's... Let I, I, it's the echo for my... Is it for I think my, it's the echo for this mic. Okay, you know what? Let me be on loudspeaker. Uh-huh, it was his mic. It was his mic. Let me it was your mic. I didn't know. I was I was thinking I'm not this now. And so like I was saying, I'm trying to I, I can't remember the name of the Formula 2 champ, former Formula 2 champion now that Alpine came out on Twitter and said, you know what? We have a driver who have replaced Alonso. He's great, he's young, he's awesome. And the guy came out and said, You say waiting. Me, I'm not driving for you people. I don't understand what you mean by I'm driving for you next season. Please, please, please. God will not shame all of us. Stay where you are, we stay where I am. T for thanks. Okay. That wasn't bad enough. Next you know again. The guy uh, McLaren announced that oh, that same driver that Alpine claimed that they have signed. He belongs to us now. He's our new baby. We own him. Ricciardo, we know you have a year left, but don't worry, you can kick rocks for all we care. You can anywhere you like go. But I know it's going to be coming back here next season. Like the entire drama, we've not even gotten to the end of the season yet, and we have seen this drama regarding changes in driving seat and what like it feels like it's going to be crazy come the end of the season. Hello? Yeah, I, I I feel I feel like uh hello, can you yeah go on hello clearly go on yeah so I, I feel like I feel like uh, the the issue with the issue with uh most of this is the fact that there's a lot of uncertainty at the moment and a lot of teams are trying to fight for that uh, mid-table position. So it's becoming very intense whereby you have to like look for the slightest edge. So, and according to what I learned, I learned that the, the guy was a backup driver to... At our pain, yes. Our our pain. Driver. Yeah. So, uh, and I, I felt the drama was not necessary. They didn't really need to announce it that he was going to drive for them. Since he was your reserve driver, you guys should have just done the deal in the back end and just be like, okay, even if um, other manufacturers were trying to lure him away. So I guess other manufacturer was trying to lure him away and they were doing that to like secure um, the guy. But eventually... Uh, Something that I've noticed with the Formula One since Drive to Survive started is the fact that Formula One is now slightly deviating into a publicity sport now. Something similar to what happens in football. The player can just come out and say, you know what, that manager is an idiot, we want to leave, and stuff like that. These were, these were things that we didn't used to see in Formula One before. 
we needed to always dig deep to get news, to get dramas and all of that. So because the sports is now is now getting more coverage, you're now having players that are now trying to sign agents and stuff like stuff that I've never had in Formula One before. So I felt like it's a good drama for the sport, but at the same time, it also paints the constructors in a bad light because when you go into sports management, these are kind of publicity disasters that should not happen. But on the long run, I felt the the better drama was with Alonso and jumping ship because I've always seen the sign. Uh, there are post-match races where he complained and he was saying that his teammate was always turning championship to a battle between the two of them which he wasn't good with. And I understand the fact that it's just that Ocon is trying to be more, he's just trying to be more competitive. He's just trying to, I think he adores the guy. And when stuff like that happens, you want to always push yourself. If, and always yeah, want to... if you adore him, that doesn't mean that you should, at any opportunity, you're trying to prove that you're better than him now. As no, in, I, I'm I, sure, I'm I, sure I, the summary I, of what Alonso is telling Esteban Ocon is, relax. Calm down. Yeah. Just yeah, I, I feel I, I feel the problem with Ocon is the fact that he tries to measure himself against Alonso. Like, okay, uh, OG guy, this guy is an OG, this guy is a respected person. If I can do this, then people would people would say, since I can compete with Ocon, I deserve his seat in a bit car. So it's it's almost like he's using Ocon, he's using Alonso as Sign it of how good he is. Yeah, a of how good he is. So I think that is just it. And I, I feel, I feel majorly, Alonso is leaving because of Ocon. I, I like, he, he just, he just, he, he can't, he can't bear being in a team where everything almost seems to work against him. Yeah, but I think in a way he has paid them back in their own coin because the way Alonso left, he didn't even announce to them. They didn't hear. They heard it on Twitter. They're signing with Aston Martin. He just carried it back. With, hey, boys, it go be. Do you understand? T for thanks and every other thing. But now yeah. the question is, we know that Daniel Ricciardo has struggled this year. Like, there's no hiding that. Like, But he has always said that he still has a passion for the sport. He still wants to be in the sport. Like, what next for Ricciardo? Like, do you see him joining any other team? Because I know that there are still going to be many open seats as the season ends. I'm, I'm, I'm very sorry to say this. I think I, I, I think I said this three weeks ago that I don't fancy the guy, and I balanced that I felt it you don't fancy him now, or you never really fancied him because Ricciardo was no joke. Back no, then. I, I no, 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 no. I fancied him. I fancied him when he was at his peak. Like, but along the line, he, he, he we always talk about the fact that he is is a championship kind of driver. Like, we that's what that's what, I, I was a big fan of his. Because of his vibe, because of the liveliness, because of his mood and all of that. But along the line, I I now got to realize that he might is a good person, but he's just an average driver. Because even at at his very peak, I, I'm very sorry to say this. I I said this two weeks ago, and I I saw the tone. I I felt you didn't agree with me fully. But I don't think he's that kind of driver that can actually challenge for the championship. He he. he he has been given the chance over and over again. I, I know he, he's probably not... He has never been in the fastest car, but he, 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 his potential was always capped to that 2019 season where he gave it almost all his best 
And well, it never did happen for him. So I feel that at this point, he should be lucky if somebody like us signs him or just one random thing and he stays in. Wow. It stays in Formula for this, for so far. Um, away from Formula One down to the NBA. Um, Bolish, it seems like KD needs to understand the fact that you don't put billionaires under pressure. There's a reason why they are billionaires. Like, and we know he wants to leave the net and what have you, he wants to be gone. Like, it feels like now there are rumors that he wants Steve Nash and um, what's the name of this John Marx, the GM, are gone. Like, he feels they're not doing a good job, blah blah blah. And Josiah is like, You do understand that I own this team, right? So I will make the decisions, not you. So the 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 funny thing about the whole saga is that if KD, I think KD is half as half as in it. Like he, he he doesn't want him to fire Sean Marks or an uh, Steve, Steve Nash. I think it's just it's just he just wants him to make a decision whereby Josiah has to consider that. Oh, let me not make this thing awkward. He has already asked for these guys to be fired. Then let me just you know make them you know let 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 me just trade him. But the problem. Is that Josiah has seen if KD had adding situation, maybe adding was still there. Adding has never pulled the same thing. If KD mm-hmm. had done this, you know, requested a trade before adding also did that, maybe they would have traded him. But I think Josiah is as probably just as an ego boost or as an ego trip has decided that he will not allow anyone you know, bully him or make him take decision that he doesn't want to take. And to be fair, to be honest, KD signed for four years, and um, before summer. before the, the 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 extension, the money he signed, Josiah can literally get his money back from arbitration if KD does not play. So it's not as if maybe KD can say I'm not going to play without any injury or anything, and then uh, Josiah will lose his money. No, if you don't play, maybe by your own willing. For example, Ben Simmons is actually fighting to get his. Yeah, his money back. And even though there's even confirmation that actually had a problem because obviously when he got to the net, he didn't play. You know, he had to go mm-hmm. for back surgery and stuff like that. But there's an escrow account where his money is holding there. And then if they, if they verify that, oh, he was not really mentally down and all those things, they'll return the money back to the Sixers. So I'm sure Josiah knows all this and he knows that well. Though about play, my, my whole team of when I will get my money back. So it's not as if we would go Misalo. So if you like, don't play. If you like, play. That's a problem. But at this moment, and you need to understand that Josiah is a Chinese man. <laughs> so he's not an American man. All these uh, uncomfortable situations are being uncomfortable of the culture and the conversations around stuff like that. He, he did not do this business around where someone is bullying him. So <laughs> this is probably a new scenario for him. And I'm sure when Nadine left, he didn't understand it. So this time, he obviously is not going to go. So that's why KD should probably just calm down and work with the team, not give them an ultimatum. Work with the team and say, I really, really want to go. These are the options that I think can give. But, but, but the price is, what we keep hearing is that the cost is too much. Like most of the things that have made a query, like obviously, we're talking it about is, Kevin Durant. Yeah, so the things that have made inquiries. If 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 you go, if you want a new job, or maybe you want a salary increment, and your original salary is hundred thousand, you don't go to the uh, manager and say, "Give me one billion. You don't go. You won't get anything. They will think that you are not serious, and that's what the Nets are doing. Nets are going and asking for 
Oh yeah, give me Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Obviously, eh? you know that nobody's going to nobody's going to agree to stuff like that, and then the trade talks will cancel. So Nets at the back of their mind don't want KD to go. That's why all the while everybody that has come to the Nets, the Nets are asking for a arm, a leg, a toe, and a and a brain. <laughs> Fine. You cannot use Minnesota to come there. No one goes to Minnesota. Minnesota is, you know, they never get any stuff to come to them. They're in the market, they're in small market mm-hmm. and stuff like it's that. Extremely cool. They can't use that Minnesota tree to compare mm-hmm. what you know a, a team would deal with that once KD would deal with Brooklyn. But the truth is, if KD's approach was a bit different in terms of sitting down with the, the with the general manager and really, really putting things together and say, okay, I really, really want to go. These are my reasons. I really like to leave this squad. I think they can come to like if they are, if the two of them are working together. At the moment, the the nets are, are like Majolo Mowe, Chebigala la Lunjo, the Wajo Gala to Wajazunto, the Wajazunto to Wakpada squad, our play. So that's what they are doing. But if there is a genuine interest from on the net side to trading, they'll get a trade done. So I think KD's approach is wrong. He needs to go back to you. When when he went to Josiah, he needs to be a bit more not demanding because they are they own your rights for four years. So the approach was wrong. He's not going to get anything done. And Nets have the right to hold him and say, I like it. is in So and I don't think KD will sit down on the bench. He's the money sniper I want to play. So I think that's what they are banking on. And they don't care. All these ones they say the locker room will be funny. I'm in locker room. They be one request to trade gun, but it's not still jelly. So I, I think that's what the net and they should go and ask the Utah Jazz last season out. How the things go between the Rudy Michel and Rudy Gobert. They even even when the, like, even when those two of them were good, they were not good enough. I think another thing I think Josiah probably should just consider is he probably have a situation and say, let me, KD, let me meet you halfway. Because we all know that Nash, Steve Nash wasn't as impressive as we, as mm-hmm. you know, a, gen, a, a head coach should be. Okay, I'll fire Steve Nash. Who are you recommending as a as an head coach, head coach to yeah. bring to the squad? So let, I, I won't fire Sean Max. He's the one. Be- okay, because of what you have said, let me fire Steve Nash. Who do you recommend? We bring in your own coach. Let's work with that. So that's maybe another like a middle ground way that you know. Josiah can can take, but that tweet, it feels like the man is tired and you know he wants to just stand on his ground and do what he wants. Oh good. It will be interesting to see how it all unfolds. Um before we call it a night on a the on a debateful note, I think it makes more sense to ask. I've seen a debate going making the rounds on Twitter, like good positions for the NFL. So I decided to do it with the NBA now. We'll probably start from big to small. So I'll ask between Bright and Bullish here, yeah, since Kunle has dropped off. Who do you, um, I'll start with you, Bright. Who do you think is the greatest NBA center of all time? Oh. Center of all time. Oh, no. She, she, You know what? Bullish, you can help I him think, out and I go think first. I, I, I'll go with B. Russell. And okay. uh, as much as the, the, the options for me, they are between two people, between Shaq and B. Russell. But okay. Shaq, Shaq, I think Shaq has his own category that is separate from the greatest in terms of the most dominant 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, very, very about time. Yeah. So he's in that line. But the, the think... thing that be Ross to be able to win eleven championships in thirteen years. Yes, people say they were playing Aja at Tenro and whatever what have you, but still he played against Wilt. Wilt was averaging fifty points and you know mm-hmm. thirty rebounds. So it's not as if maybe it was the only um star in the league. And Wilt was it was he denied Wilt, he denied Jerry West, he denied so many people so many titles. So he, he, and he won Defensive Player of the Year. They changed the rules because of him so many times. He was one of the greatest in college. Maybe Karim Abdul-Jabbar is honorable mention, but I think for, for greatest center of all time, I think Biros will probably just take the cake. And let me say, somebody has, I think something has come to your head now. Mm, I was thinking weird because of how, though his era was not, his, his, it was it was dominant. His era was not an era I watched actively, but the way great talked about him and some clips of him, I saw. The era, the era was more focused on big men and all of that, and the way he find that role for me. Another because um, so this guy was then. I'm sticking with Wilts, but like if I'm to if I'm to rank my top three, it will be Timberlin, Abdul Jabbar, and Shaq because of what he and Kobe was able to do and bring. Yeah, in my in my, in my own opinion, like uh, Bullish makes a great argument for Bill Russell, like eleven championships, winning is the name of the game and what have you. But there's just something about Karim that can move past as the center of all time. All-time leading goal scorer, five-time, four-time MVP, four-time Finals MVP, like the the record, um, three-time college champion or four-time college champion. Every year he spent in college, he won an MVP, he won a title in college. Like everything mm-hmm. about Karim was just, it was just impressive. And Bill, it had to go against Bill because what 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 he did off the court as well. He wasn't just an a star; he was the first NBA black. Coach, he was he fought for um, you and black people's rights as well. Like he was an activist, he was extra ex- extraordinary. But in my opinion, I, I I had to give it to Karim. Like it's bigger. He, he has he has a move that everybody will kill to die for. Like this guy who has not been figured out. He wasn't figured out back then. It was it hasn't been figured out now. So I just have to stick with Karim Shah. Either way, um, the goat positions will continue until we're done with the NBA next week. So. It's interesting to see what what boys are going to pick when we get to point guard. Um, anyway, guys, thank you, thank you so much for being here. Um, until next week again, please have a lovely weekend and continue to stick with on about nothing for your shows and your reviews and your write-ups for different stuffs. LMJ, have a lovely weekend. Cheers, guys. And as for Bullish, you can listen to Bullish and Kuli on Tuesday mornings. When they discuss the Agul, show. and listen to them, Agul on on our Barca will keep buying eleven players and no, will not no, be able no, to. Do that I've that told you, if you want to debate no. this issue, go and debate this. This time we we, we, we analyze <laughs> we analyze some of the eleven as a, a scouting <laughs> manager for Manchester United. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, surely, surely, a club.